cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Welcome, everybody. This is Mick Jolly with Cover Story on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we have an exciting program lined up for today as we learn from one of the best of the best. And we may be joined by the fabulous Brandy Shapiro. We shall see here shortly. In the meantime, uh, just to let you know, this is the last and final of a series of interviews and discussions regarding candidates for the Silver Anvil Awards for the big, giant PRSA event. So we're having the good fortune of talking to some of the best of the best again. And today we're most fortunate because we are actually joined by one from Eastman Kodak, Aaron M. Foster. Aaron, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, very good, very good. Well, let me let me give just a little more introduction about you, Aaron, for for our listening audience, because Aaron is not just a, a no, no, another face, if if I should say, out there in the PR space, but she's definitely a leader. She's the worldwide public relations and events director uh, for the Consumer Digital Imaging Group of Eastman Kodak, and she basically has a worldwide view on what's going on with regards to the consumer digital imaging side of the company. So she's she's involved with everything from the EasyShare consumer digital photography systems, the digital cameras and the docks and the printing solutions, all the, the home solutions, everything that you can imagine when you think of digital photography worldwide as it pertains to Eastman Kodak. In our first six months at the company, Aaron was charged with developing a global strategy and an executable platform for a multi-country consumer launch of Kodak's EasyShare system, which included events in North America, Europe, Australia, Asia, and the public relations program resulted in driving hundreds of millions of impressions around the world and directly contributed to a doubling of sales, no small task, as well as winning the coveted Silver Anvil Award. During her tenure at Kodak, though, Aaron has spearheaded more than two dozen product launch programs including the company's introduction of the world's first Wi-Fi consumer digital camera, the world's first dual-lens digital camera, and the world's first dual-lens Bluetooth-enabled digital camera. So definitely a leader in, the, in a number of segments there. In addition, Aaron created a division, the division's first global measurement program and has been a key driver behind standardizing and implementing a worldwide issues preparedness program. And most recently has been instrumental in the Kodak brand transformation initiatives, managing programs such as the opening of the Kodak pop-up stores in New York, and we'll learn more about that in this interview, and San Francisco as well, and the company's innovation platforms at numerous trade shows and conferences around the world. And prior to joining uh, Eastman Kodak in 2000, she worked as a regional marketing communications agency, or for one, uh, by the name of Eric Moore and Associates, and she was also the public relations director there. And uh, in three years there, she was able to increase the firm's business by roughly 60%. So marketing and PR do mix a little bit, but PR does uh, obviously pay off, and we'll learn more about that from Aaron. Aaron, I think I probably, uh, you know, went into a little bit about it, but you have just an outstanding, uh, if you allow me to use the word, pedigree of companies you've worked with in the past as well. So I'll I'll let you tell us a little bit more, though. What, What brought you into this space to start with? Well, one of the things that um, we've had an opportunity to do here at Kodak was to have an impact uh, with this brand. I think Kodak is one of the most well-known brands in the world. It, it provides an opportunity to do some things that I think are is really exciting. And what we've been able to do in the brand transformation campaign, which is the, one of the things that I've worked on since I've been here, I've only been here since um, 2000, um, was really to take this brand and um, turn it around because it was, uh, a little bit stuck in an image of a film-only brand, and the challenge that I was given was to work with the rest of the marketing team on a global level to um, turn it into a brand and have it be recognized for some of the innovation that it, that it was not being seen to drive. And 
um, drive a, a global transformation campaign, which is um, the result of the four anvils that we've been nominated and recognized for uh, that we'll be talking about today. So that was one of the, the most exciting things um, for us. And I think each region of the world that we work in, Kodak has a bit of a different, um, it's in a bit of a different space. So Asia is different from Europe, different from the U.S. And I think uh, that's one of the most exciting parts of it for me. I would, I would have to say, and that would definitely create some challenges. So real briefly, how did you uh, basically mount your campaign to deal with those challenges with the, the international audiences? I mean, you are the biggest name in film, right? So go ahead, go ahead and tell us just a little bit about some of the background on that. Well, um, before we started any campaign, um, and there was there's four different ones that all had different challenges, but uh, all of them <laughs> were sure. all of them were global. So um, there, every one of them had uh, a different series of research um, parameters that were set in place. But one that was common to all of these was something that we call the cross-category brand equity survey. Um, and what that is is something that we do to understand brand positioning across categories and across competitors across countries in each region. And really what that helps us do is understand the brand health in each of the countries in which we're going to execute. And we go in there and we really try to understand um, against Canon, Sony, HP, you know, whoever, whether it's a camera or whether it's a kiosk or whether it's a home printing system, um, whatever the, the product or the system or the story that we're trying to tell there is, against the competition in any given country or set of countries in a region, What's what, what's our starting point for brand health? Is it you know red, yellow, or green? And these are um, annual studies that we maintain on a on a routine basis. But each one of these campaigns, um, we had a cross category study done so that we understood where we were starting from. And in some places, um, some of the regions we were in a red zone. Some of the regions we were in a yellow zone, and some of the regions we were in a green. So the execution in for any given campaign had to be different in you know in three different parts of the world. So uh, what worked in the U.S. wasn't going to be a template case for Europe and Asia. So you had to be able to have a common strategy and a common goal, but your execution had to be able to be tailored slightly uh, depending on where you were, red, yellow, or green, in terms of your brand health in whichever part of the world you are going to go into. And the best part about the way our team is set up is uh, we work with Ketchum globally as a global partner, and um, we have the flexibility of having local country teams who can really understand how to execute to match the, the local preferences in those marketplaces. So um, I think you know what is really um, rewarding for us in being nominated for the Silver Anvils was that the research really dictated execution against the strategies that paid off because the tailoring of the campaign was such that um, I think really showed us that we had done some homework and really had changed the campaign in some ways in some parts of the world that were clearly different. Um, and it paid off and it worked to our advantage. Very good. Very good. Well, share a little bit about your... Uh your Kodak pop-ups with us because uh, that that was to tackle one situation. I mean, uh, Kodak, uh, as I understand from my information here, has been around for 115 years in the photography field, and there were some concerns with regards to the the move from traditional uh, film and print to the digital space. And and uh, this it appears that your Kodak's pop-ups campaign really really paid off here as far as your your whole process in rebranding Kodak. Yeah, that was a, a pretty unique. Um, that was a unique campaign. What that was was um, in 2003, our new um, CEO Antonio Perez had stated publicly that Kodak would refocus its business model to growing its digital products and services at a very accelerated rate, and that statement was met with a lot of skepticism because most people took that, you know, both the the shareholders, the analysts, the street took that statement as a um, one that said Kodak was going to abandon film, which was not the case at all. I mean, we have a very strong film business. It's one that's very important to us. It's one that we would never walk away from. 
but the state of the market, the consumer marketplace, was that many consumers were adopting digital photography and digital photo systems at a much faster rate uh, and transitioning to photo photo- digital photography at a much faster rate than um, film. And they were choosing to move from film cameras to digital cameras. And so we had stepped up our pace uh, at, you know, putting digital products in the marketplace at a, at a much more aggressive rate. And so when he made that statement uh, publicly at a um, sales and earnings meeting, you know, we, it, it was met with a lot of skepticism, and the headlines were all over the place. And, you know, they were very aggressive. Kodak fades in the race to go digital. Kodak has to change before digital passes by. Kodak, Kodak is dead. You know, Kodak says film is dead, therefore Kodak's dead. It was terrible headlines. Every PR person's nightmare. And so... <laughs> For it sure. was, you know, it was in September of '03, so we were heading into our biggest quarter as fourth quarter. Okay, holiday, strong holiday sales. Um, anyone who's in the imaging business, every one of our competitors, the fourth quarter is a, a big season for you know anybody in this industry. So as we were heading into the fourth quarter, we were also launching um, the EasyShare One, which is a wireless digital camera, and it was a groundbreaking product. It was. Um, it featured a number of first-time innovations. It was the first wireless consumer camera. It was the first to have an email capability right from the camera. It had a huge touchscreen display that used a stylus, much like a Palm Pilot. Um, it had the ability to hold 1,500 pictures on the camera and a whole host of other first innovations. And so there was a lot of messaging to communicate with the camera. And in order to sell the camera... Um, it also had a screen that you uh, pulled away from the camera and twisted to turn it on. So it had a very interesting and intriguing and very different design. But if you walked into a store and just saw it against the hundreds of other cameras that you see, like at a Best Buy or a Circuit City, it could very easily get lost. And because it was a little bit different and had a lot of stuff packed into it, you're relying on someone at retail to sell that camera you know, sales help, holiday help, that shuffle in and out, you know, the likelihood of not getting that all communicated was probably high. So what we did was in San Francisco and New York, we took retail space in galleries down in Soho for one month. Um, the whole theme was one, okay? So for one month, we outfitted these galleries, um, and they were literally set up like galleries. They had beautiful imagery, beautiful photography. We We tapped into our... Um, photographers network worldwide, um, and we had just the most beautiful photography in the galleries. Um, we also set them up as experiences so that when you came in there, there was a lot of stuff going on. They were set up as edutainment, kind of one month of get entertained, get educated, experience the EasyShare One camera, but also you could have, um, on the weekends there were, sessions where you could come in and learn a lot about digital photography in a lot of different ways. It was not like coming in to buy a car where someone would approach you and you would get sold on something. This was, <clears throat> they had, we had workshops that went on with photographers who you would, uh, one was on um, taking better pictures of your kids, one was on taking better pictures of your pets, one was on, you know, bring your dogs. It was Saturday, it was bring your dog day. Um, one was on... Um, taking pictures in low-light settings. One was on how to get a better picture of your uh, kid's graduation. You know, all kinds of topics. You name it, we did it. And we did them for 30 days throughout the month of November. And the the, um, galleries also had um, a linked, you know, computer terminal set up where you could go onto Kodak.com right there and buy the stuff. There was um, promotion set up where if you liked what you saw, you could buy it right there on the spot. There was messenger wow. services where if you liked what you saw and you didn't want to wait to have it shipped overnight at a discount and you wanted to buy the camera right there, we would send a messenger on a bike to the nearest um, retailer and they would bring it back gift-wrapped. Um, I mean, it was a whole month of... Well, the retailers this, had to love that with the pull-through marketing you guys did there. <laughs> yeah, it was all kinds of stuff. There was advertising developed by O&M that was centered on the photo gallery theme. It was... Um, you know, we had sides of buildings painted. We had taxi cabs. We had 
I mean, the entire cities of San Francisco and New York were outfitted in the same theme. So everybody, it drove everybody to the same location. There were parties there at night um, where we would, um, you know, when the Country Music Awards for the very first time were in New York City. And so um, it was hosted by the American Idol um, uh, Kelly Underwood. And so she had her before the CMA Award party at our gallery. And so the big photo op was down there. She came in. Um, she stayed in the, in the space, in the space because it was so beautiful and airy and pretty. And there were kiosks in there and all the cool cameras. She started to play with the cameras while they were waiting to get the photographer set up, started taking pictures, and people were taking pictures with her. Well, then she, the picture, the camera was a Bluetooth camera, so she beamed the picture to the kiosk and saw the picture come out. She was completely intrigued by the whole process. You can really do this? You mean I can go walk up to a, a kiosk in my CVS with my camera and take the card out and just do this? So, you know, people didn't understand that. And we had tourists come in for the month, and people that didn't understand how to work digital, that's what it was all about. And we tested people before and after on, um, you know, what did you know about digital before you came in? What did you know after? And what was your brand preference before you came in? What was your brand preference after? And the, um, the preference numbers doubled um, of Kodak before and after, which was phenomenal for us to know. I mean, we, we, didn't, we had an expectation that they would go up by a third. They actually went up by 66%. Wow. I mean, they had doubled. We thought they'd go up by 30%. They they went up by 66. And then um, we I hope you got a kudos from the company already yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was that was great. That there, you know, we hit, made more than 30,000 prints at the gallery um, using EasyShare printer docs and the picture maker kiosks. There were um, 12,000. There were about 13,000 visitors to the gallery pages on Kodak.com during November. So people, like we had set up uh, blogs at each site every day, and there was, you know, 12,000 visitors to the gallery, to people logging on and checking them out. Um, I mean, there's just an enormous reaction to these pop-up galleries and people saying, well, geez, you're only here for a month? You know, you, should, you guys should be in Soho all the time because the experience was so rich and so 360 and so not about um, selling. It was really about educating. And people would come in with like their Canon cameras and say, I can't get my pictures out of this camera. So what do I do with this? And it was all on internal memory. And we would say, well, do you have a memory card in there? And they'd say, well, no. What's a memory card? And we'd say, oh, okay, let's explain it. So we would teach them how to use their stuff. And they would, we would lo you know, unload the memory, put it on a memory card. Well, do you want these printed? Well, yeah, how do I do that? Well, okay, we can do it two different ways. Do you have an online service that you, you know, well, no, I, never, I don't have that. Oh, okay, let's explain that part. It was just about helping people understand digital because a lot of them just didn't understand it at all. There were other people who were fully versed in digital, who were hardcore Canon or Sony um, brand loyalists who left their Kodak loyal on one service or another, whether it was a printing service or whether it was an online service or whether it was from a... Um, capture from a, from a camera perspective. So the experiment to us was um, very, very um, in, enlightening. It was very, very rich in terms of data collection. It totally blew the number, the goals. You know, we, we soared way past the goals that we had set and the objectives that we had set. And it's part of um, something that will continue in 2007 as part of a global program. But the um, launch of the EasyShare One camera and the One Galleries for us was a, was a very unique way for us to um, introduce digital and the, the, um, the goal of the innovation um, um, perception of the Kodak brand to a target audience for us in a unique way was obviously successful in our, our opinion. Very good. Well, it sounds like you captured a lot of the uh, new mentality in, in marketing and social, social media that's out there incorporating the, the blogs and all the rest of it. It sounds like you didn't really uh, leave anything 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had a lot you of fun. You know, we did a lot of um, podcasts <laughs> from the site. We had a lot of um, we, we did a lot of work with um, like the Today Show came down and did a remote from there and in, in um, New York City and you know we we just had a lot of we just we had fun with it. You know, we did a lot of broadcasts from there and um, I, I mean the coverage that we got was really great. We had you know a lot of placements in longer lead from you know like People Magazine and Business Week and New York Times and Forbes and there was a lot of ABC and NBC San Francisco and New York One came down and did a show from the site and um, I mean I just think that uh, from San Francisco and New York sort of um, celebrity status standpoint there was a lot of um, celebrity excitement about the space because it was a place where they could rent it out, if you will, as an, on an exclusive basis. And they said, well, could we come and have a party there? Could we could we host a party there after you close, say, from, you know, like 7 to 10? Could we have a cocktail party there? We'd say, sure, you know. So people that started to, in an online sort of viral way, people started to learn about the space. And after about two and a half weeks of it being open, um, people would just show up there and ask if they could rent out the space and have private parties there because they thought it was so cool. So it was so when you really, build a uh, theme park around what you're doing almost, that's, that's it, it pretty cool. It was really, really interesting. <laughs> you know, we thought, what would happen if we put one of these in Times Square? It would be sort of interesting to see what reaction you'd get because it was way down in Soho in New York City, and it was on Wooster Street in San Francisco, so it was very interesting. Very good. Well, that sounds like an outstanding campaign and obviously uh, some outstanding results that nobody can argue with. Well, what we need to do at this time, Erin, is take just a quick break and pay a little homage to the advertising community out there that supports the webmasterradio.fm and yep, cover stores. got to do that. And then we'll be right back. Sure. For more from Aaron Foster of Kodak. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Com. More than a name. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads, and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mick Jolly once again with WebmasterRadio.fm and joined today with Erin Foster of Eastman Kodak. And she's shared some of the outstanding results they've had with their, their galleries, if you will, and some of the more interesting parts of our country and, that, and some huge results with regards to uh, adoption of a, of, a, of a favorite brand, if you will. But it's not only that area where 
Eastman Kodak sets itself apart. It's, it's in the fact that they are up for grabs on several different Silver Anvil Awards. And uh, should should also let you know that this next week we'll be interviewing the winner of the Silver Anvil on the show next week. So make sure you stay tuned. Might have Aaron back again for that. But right now, let's let's uh, learn just a little bit more about what they've done in the consumer electronics space because uh, that's not an area where where Kodak was traditionally known for. Been it's been known over its hundred plus years as a as a film. Uh, producer, manufacturer, distributor, and uh, they've they've obviously changed that image quite dramatically. Aaron, you want to tell us a little bit about that whole program? Yeah, um, CES was interesting because um, you know it's the largest technology show in the world. It's got 150,000 attendees. It's you know they come from hundreds of countries. It's got 2,500 exhibitors. I mean, it's massive, and um, Traditionally, it's the platform that's dominated. Um, it's been dominated by Sony and Microsoft, and um, Kodak had been, you know, there. I think this was our second year there. Um, and, you know, in terms of booth space and presence, we certainly are not a dominant player there. And we needed to distinguish our. No, I think it was our third year there. So we needed to distinguish ourselves from the electronic um, big players in order to be seen as kind of a, a trailblazer, not just another you know booth at the show. And the challenge there was, um, you know, there's so many new widgets and gadgets and you know whiz bang stuff there. And yeah, you have, everything you know, imaginable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and you have you know all of the icons of the industry who have dominant speaking roles, you know, Gates in particular always has the first, you know, night's keynote. And so how do you stand out? That was our big question. How do you stand out? And and it's got to be, it can't be about stunts. And, you know, so we just were racking our brains like, what do we really, how is Kodak really going to be relevant there this year? Now, we've had a couple of good years underneath our belt that where we had had very good media success, okay? But, you know, we had... Um, one shot at this, and so we were looking at the product set, and we decided to hold a product uh, by a month, and we had the world's smallest multifunction product that we were going to put push at the show, and it was the first. We decided to use CES to launch the first dual-lens digital camera, and what this is um, it's a digital camera that has actually two lenses on the front of it, so it had a unique look to it. They're stacked one over the other. And one lens is a wide-angle lens, and one, ends, one lens is an optical zoom. And it's in a really small, sleek package, which it, the whole camera is like about the size of a deck of cards, but very thin. And so um, we decided, okay, this will be really cool-looking. This will be an industry breakthrough. It will be a true technology story in and of itself, the camera is funky looking. So we developed this whole multi-tiered PR plan. It had a really extensive pre-show activity, and it had this, uh, a whole influencer element to it. And then um, underneath all of it, obviously, was this technology story that we were going to push. So it had sort of this three layers to it. Um, the the pre-campaign was the most fun part of it because we took the two eyes, the stacked eyes, and there was a um, O&M created a whole bunch of advertising around it. So we used the advertising and we bought um, bus wraps and we bought um, the kiosks where all the buses parked. If you've ever been to CES, there's like a stack of 20 buses where they all pull in and let everybody off at the conference every day. Thank goodness, and, as big as it is, you can't have everybody come in their own car. Yeah, right? So <laughs> we bought, like, all that space. We bought the insides of the elevators. We So we used the advertising effectively. We also had, um, you know, a, a, a VIP party um, exclusively for about 250 of the top journalists that were by invite only, and they had this. We had this um, campaign, this mailing campaign that went to them that started several weeks in advance. That was sort of uh, no clue. You know, there was this little, little, little clues on it. So, but they didn't know exactly um, 
what the story was all about until the very end, and so it was very intriguing. And we kept getting these email notes from people saying, you know, can't wait to see what the hell this is all about because, uh, you know, this is intriguing me. So it was sort of fun. Got all this feedback from the reporters about, you know, what's going on. And, you know, we would get these personal notes back from them. And it was all the TRA media influencers, and so that was that was cool. And so the, everybody started to get the buzz on the party, and we would start getting notes about, hey, I didn't get an invite in the party. Like, what's going on? So little by little, the party buzz got out. So that was then we, then we knew we were on to something, you know. So we had done the, a lot of the pre-show setup, and um, we did on-site briefings of about 200 one-on-one interviews were conducted with the uh, media on the show floor in just about just over three days. Um, we did camera seating. Uh, at the at the VIP, we, um, which we held at the Ghost Bar, um, which is at the top of the Palms, we did. Everybody who came to the event was handed one of the the 570 cameras, so they came, they got to use it. The the um, venue has this terrace that overlooks all of Las Vegas, so it was a perfect place to take to try the zoom lens and the optical um, the 10x optical. So. They got to take these really great pictures and then take the camera home with them. So they got seated. Um, and then the one other thing that was um, we did was the public affairs team, the Kodak public affairs team, came to CES and they had about 20 U.S. Senate and House staff members um, that they hosted, and they had um, a private booth tour that was conducted with the FCC chairman Kevin Martin and members of his staff, and they focused on Kodak partnerships with um, Motorola and Skype, and they did a demo with um, the new camera, which was called the V570. And that was really the part about the Kodak technology and why Kodak is important to the consumer electronics industry, and that was the whole innovation story that was told. So that part happened, you know, the night before they came to the party. That happened at the booth. Um, And so I think, you know, as a whole, we sort of hit it from three different levels. We hit it from an influencer. We hit it from a public affairs and and an innovation and an importance to the space level. We hit it from a gadget because every TV crew picked up on those two lenses and that camera and how small it was, and it looked different. And then the pickup on the advertising, which was really fun and different. Um, And then having that whole thing unveil, um, you know, right after the Gates keynote, everybody came the party started at 10 o'clock right after that. So there was buses that were waiting right outside the doors for that, and everyone just got on them and they took them to the Palms. So, um, And 50 just, floors up. Yeah, and it was just, you know, perfectly orchestrated to be just really easy for people to just get on those buses and come up for a party, right? So um, the, the mentions of the message domination for the media, when we looked back at the results, it was... Um, of all the CES coverage, um, Kodak was in 71% of it. Um, and when we did the, you know, I said, okay, so that's all great to say, you know, we were in 71% of the coverage, but tell me, how, what was Microsoft, what was Sony, what, what was HP, what, you know, where was the competition? And when we looked back at it, um, you know, HP, who was the next closest competitor, was, was in 20% of the CES coverage. So that camera just dominated the coverage because it was so different looking. Um, it is different looking with that, that over under lens style that it has. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Though. It was very cool. So, um, I mean, the other thing was we had uh, Popular Mechanics honored Kodak with the Editor's Choice Award. You know, in the, the headline was Kodak's been producing a storm of innovation. So our whole goal was, again, coming off of fourth quarter where we had kicked off this whole brand transformation of, you know, turning from the optics on being a film-only brand to being a digital brand and really driving innovation and pushing that through and pulling it into first quarter and using CES as the first platform in in the quarter um, and really driving innovation. You know, to have that as one of the headlines was, you know, obviously felt like a win to us, you know. But the media saturation was um, for CES was just impressive. I mean, there were more than 250 stories running during the course of CES, which is takes place over about four days. And then the CES-specific um, activity it generates just, I mean, millions and millions and millions of broadcast impressions because you have every national 
news outlet there, and it just feeds just global broadcast coverage, and the print coverage is phenomenal. So for a media platform, CES for us is is uh, majorly important because we have, you know, our European regions also come to that show. So it was... Yeah, there's attendees from over 100 companies here as I review yeah, the Yeah, it's the absolutely a massive, it. massive show for us. It's one of the anchor shows for us. Um, but the 570, that was a platform launch for us because the 570 then appeared on more than... Um, you know, for around the time frame for CES, it appeared in 500 lifestyle blogs, you know, like Engadget during CES, which just got Kodak exposed to a lot of new audiences. And then print reporters just kept requesting 570 to do broadcast interviews throughout the show. And everyone kept saying, you know, geez, I saw that camera yesterday. Can I do, you know, can I have it this afternoon? I'm doing a live remote. We were like, yeah, sure. So we did so many loanouts of that camera. And then having seeded it to a bunch of influencers, um, we still today, you know, all this time later, the 570, we still see placements on the 570 as one of the most highly placed cameras. So, Very cool. I mean, the quotes from the media and the influencers that attended CES regarding the Kodak brand perceptions, you know, were just phenomenal. So I think um, it really... It gave us great positive feedback. It, we, you know, we got third-party evangelism. We had a, a ton of booth traffic, and for the sales, um, we saw direct sales back on our accounts in the U.S., in France, um, and in the GAR region. So, I think you know, for direct ties to the program, it was pretty positive. So th- this is really cool. And one of the things that uh, I've heard a lot over over the last few years about is is that marking always gets the uh, the kudos for for the sales, but this is just one more case in point where you can really see your PR efforts reaching right out and pulling sales through the door, and that that's that's cool because I think it just again it's one opportunity to demonstrate the uh, the power of of reaching out to the public directly in the in the manners that you have, and you know probably one more reason why you'll be a silver anvil. Away. Award winner here this next week, and we'll get to interview you again. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, I hope so. We'll cross our fingers yeah, on that I mean, one. But if not, you know, I think just to hey. be um, recognized, I think is uh, oh, absolutely. Made I mean, you're, you're definitely like the best. It of was the best. all worth it, you know. Yeah, fantastic stuff. But it's it's just a, a matter of how you've you've been able to think outside the box. You've been able to, you know, give a lot of uh, credibility to the to the product here to the camera and everything else by reaching right to the people that are out there playing with it. And then the real credibility isn't you saying, hey, this is a cool camera, look at it. It's when they go away, just as happened from the show, well, and you write know what about it, about it, blog the about it. The, thing, the thing that drove the insight on the camera is, you know when you, you have a lot of people sitting around, you know, either at a restaurant or at Thanksgiving mm-hmm. table, and you say, oh, i got to get this picture. Okay, everybody, get together. And everybody gunches together. Oh, and yeah. they all try to, like, squeeze in. This camera, nobody has to squeeze in. And, and that's phenomenal. In a, so, in a small package like that? When, so when consumers like heard the benefit of the camera and when you look through the lens, and the, the, all you have to do is push the shutter button and all of the takes all of the you know, optical illusion away so no one has to squeeze their shoulders together and stick their heads in and you know, look weird. You can just sit there. That's what this yeah. camera does. So yeah, that, as soon as everybody really cool. figured that out, the camera, you know, everyone's like, oh, great. And it's this little? Oh, and it has an optical zoom? So the benefits of the camera were great. So the consumer benefit, you know, was selling itself. And then, you know, when you put it in a category with other point-and-shoot cameras, it's little, it fits in your purse, it can go out, you know, it's on the go. So, and it's unique and, and it's little. And it's cost-effective, too. I mean, you're talking about something that's around 350 bucks on average or, you know, maybe three 380 Yeah, and now it's less than that. Wonderful. So, uh, yeah. you know, well, I think that um, that part of it, it was, you know, from our perspective, it's relatively easy for us to, to do. I mean, the, the harder work oh, yeah. is to try to keep – I mean, phase two was to really now go and um, – there, the fourth part of this, which is not part of our campaign, but there was obviously another whole team of people that was working with the retail sales team. There was a whole training module to this as well, as you would expect. You know, just like we were trying to get the messaging through to consumers, there's teams of people working to get the messaging through to retail teams so that they understand the benefits as well. 
Very good. Well, we should take just one more break, then come back for a wrap-up and uh, just pay a little more homage to our advertisers out there. We'll be back with more information from Aaron M. Foster of the Worldwide uh, Public Relations and Events Director for Eastman Kodak Company. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. ClickTracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zafolia.com, writes, ClickTracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what ClickTracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. Need a change of pace? Well, you're at it. WebmasterRadio.fm, your home for B2B. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everybody. Mick Jolly back once again, joined with Aaron M. Foster, again, the Worldwide Public Relations and Events Director for the Consumer Digital Imaging Group at Eastman Kodak Company. And welcome back, Aaron. Thanks. All right. We've shared some outstanding information, and it sounds like you're you're a very, very strong candidate for the, for the Silver Anvil Awards. And, and, again, hopefully we'll have you back as the awards winner. So all, all you folks out there, listen up so you can come back and, and uh, potentially listen to Aaron once again. With uh, her outstanding campaigns that she's headed up for a company with 115 years of of, of time and it's in its space and it's it has managed to adjust to the new wave of technology very well. And I have to I have to share with you that when I was a kid, my very first camera was a little uh, compact Kodak. Um, you put the little 110 uh, film cassette cartridge in the back of it and closed it, and then you and then then away you go, snap and push the little slide to adjust to advance to the next frame. You know, and, and I'm sure you've, you've met a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the original little portable camera. You shove it in your pocket and you, and, and you know, I, I remember as a kid taking pictures of all kinds of places from, from uh, Disney World to, you know, places we went into the mountains and, and I even took it on a, on a trip. It was because at that time it was what was convenient and easy I put, to stick in your pocket. I took it on a trip to, to the Caribbean, and, and, and I have some wonderful pictures from that. So in Kodak, of course, has always had, you know, it, it's, it's wonderful film, and then, of course, it, it's in the paper side of it, you know, as far as for the, for the photo paper, and, and it's made adjustments that way. And, uh, and now, of course, with the uh, cameras and the printers and the whole nine yards, I mean, it's, you guys have uh, done, a, done a phenomenal job of adjusting with the times and, and sharing what people need. But, again, it's never enough to produce it. You've got to get the word out so that people can, can uh, know what's available. And it sounds like you did a lot of educating through 
your uh, the last two campaigns that you talked about, educating both uh, journalists and consumers alike, and many of them in this part I really think is cool, where you were even willing to take people that brought in their, their Canon or their HP or whatever the competitive brand uh, camera was and say, you know, it, well, are you familiar with this? Well, let me show you how that works. I mean, yeah, that, you know what we found? A lot of people just don't understand digital. I mean, what we realize is, you know, there's a lot of people in the marketplace who got digital cameras for gifts or, you know, they want to go digital or now we're in a phase where there's going to be more second-time buyers than first-time buyers, you know, heading into 2007. And that's great, but once you take a couple digital pictures or you, you know, you, you understand some of the basics and you want to move on to phase two, um, you get stuck. And I think, um, you know, Codex's whole mission in this is we always stood for something which was ease of use, and that is in the film tradition, it will be the same case in the digital tradition. We want to make it as easy experience as, it, as we've always stood for in the digital world. We will make it as easy and as um, good an experience for you as you have come to trust to Kodak, and we'll make it be that way online, and we'll make it be that way for whether it's the digital camera experience or whether it's the printing experience or whether it's the online sharing experience. And um, I think, you know, our what we've learned in the last year in, in interacting with people, whether you're brand new to it, a first-time user, or whether you're a second-time user, whether you're a more advanced shooter, um, is that there's always something that you're not, that you're sort of digitally disappointed. And those experiences are the best. I mean, we had so much fun for those 30 days in San Francisco and New York because we every day we interacted with hundreds of people. That's the most fun to, for me because you, you get to hear what people like and don't like about, you know, digital cameras, their printers, their connectors, their power. I mean, all that stuff is, you know, live test tubes, and you get to bring that back to the product development teams, and it's really great feedback for us. That is, but, that is really good. You can spend a lot of uh, time trying to pull together the proper focus group, uh, if you will, but in this case, you just went out and they found live you. Live focus group. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was really great. Uh, yeah, that's that's phenomenal. Now, you're up for a couple of other uh, entries as well. I mean, obviously, you must be doing some things right because of your, the category for uh, business companies with sales of more than $500 million. And, of course, the, the other big initiative was the global communication side. And you, you mentioned, of course, the the uh, multiple markets that you work in and how they're all varied. Um, I'm going to give you some time to explore that. We have a little bit more time, so definitely I want to want to hear at least a few of your insights uh, from, from those particular campaigns. Yeah, you shared so some in the, in the entry uh, or as we started off, but uh, just let you round these out a little bit. Yeah, so there's a, a couple of them. Um, th- that's I think that's the the um, the worldwide brand transformation campaign. That's the one that uh, I think the one you're referencing. Yeah. Um, that um, was really spanning. That that was what I was starting to reference when I started this um, our, our yeah, discussion a while there. ago. Mm-hmm. But that was really you know with the budget wasn't really a huge budget. I mean, most people ask me, you know, geez, what was your budget on this program? We really only had um, $4 million to try to work in, you know, across uh, the world. And That's it. That sounds like a lot up front, but when you start thinking about worldwide in a, in a company of the magnitude of what Eastman Kodak is, it's... And all the teams. <laughs> I mean, you think about that, really yeah. what that broke down to was it was $2.5 million for the fees for agency time, and the rest of it was out of pocket. And what we really had to do was... So the goal was, you know, Kodak brand leadership, and the objective was to try to, you know, change the brand from being viewed as a film brand only to being viewed as, you know, the the brand that was going to embody the digital future of photography. And PR was, in many countries, the only tool being used. So that was the case in two regions, Asia and the European region, and in Japan, actually three regions, and um, in the U.S., there was uh, a little bit of advertising, also. So, in in you know, pretty much 70% of the of the places, PR was the only driver. So there was a you know kind of a lot resting on our team to develop a pretty clear and consistent campaign. You know, really drive benefits 
you know, tell, tell the story in benefits, not product features, but tell it from a consumer benefit standpoint. Um, really yeah, what's trying to for understand, them, right? <laughs> yeah, really trying to understand what's the consumer insight and how are we going to talk to these consumers in a way that's going to make sense because, and, we're, and what are the tools we're going to use to do it because it's going to, it's going to have to be more than just a press release, okay? And it's going to have to be more than a press conference and it's going to have to be more than just straight one-on-one product briefings with journalists. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you saying that because I work in, of course, the uh, press release newswire space with PR Web. But you know, you, you got to have follow through, and you got to be able to deliver beyond merely just saying we're doing this. Now, now, now you actually have to go out and do it. And when somebody calls, you have to be ready to talk about it. And there's so much more follow through. And one of the things that I noted from your different campaigns is, is uh, while they're different campaigns, you made sure that you you got some of the same messaging across in, in terms of where where you were trying to position Kodak. So one definitely built. Uh, a, a platform for the other, if you will. Uh, certainly appears that way. Did you find that experience to be so? Oh, yeah. We had to do a global a global messaging. Um, part of it was just making sure that everybody was aligned to the same messaging, which there you go. proved <laughs> to be a little, you know, that proved to be kind of herding goldfish. I mean, it was like trying to catch cats. And that took a, a <laughs> lot of weeks to get everybody lined up to the same messaging. Um and it was really down to very specific language because in some countries, the language, the words translated negatively when in some countries they were okay. Like, for instance, I'll give you a for instance. In some countries, um, describing the products as easy had a negative connotation versus a positive connotation. Easy meant, um, you know, uh, dumb and not smart and intuitive. Easy meant kind of, um, you know, we wouldn't buy that because it would be kind of uh, insulting. So you had to really find the right words, and you had to find words that were common that everybody was going to stick to, and you had to find the right description, and you had to find the right attitude and the right brand attitude so that when we went out and talked about it, everybody talked about it the same way. That's where so, your research and preparation really paid off. That's where it paid off, and that's why it took us a long time to get get it right. We we really paid attention to the research, and we really it really took a long time. Now there were some where the flexibility came in was in the execution, but you absolutely could not stray from the strategy or from the messaging. That was very clear. You couldn't stray off that deck. You could where you had flexibility was on your execution, and you know the execution all got run through me and my team, and we had to agree on what we were going to do. And you know what the execution levels would be, but um, you didn't stray off the strategy or off the messaging, and everybody signed up for that, so that was great. But then there was a whole series of um, activities in a lot of different surprising places. So Kodak, for instance, showed up at places where we'd never been. Um, we had at that time the CEO was Dan Carp, and Dan Carp spoke at a wireless conference. It's called CTIA. It's the Wireless Telecommunications Industry Show. And he was on stage demoing um, a wireless camera. Um, it's predominantly a cell phone show. And this was before Kodak had um, introduced its partnership with Motorola and introduced its um, um, it, uh, getting into the mobile phone space. And, and he had, was making that statement at the show. And he was on stage alongside... Um, P. Diddy, you know, so he's on st- on a stage with a style icon, P. Diddy, who was also a speaker. And who would have thought a year ago that Kodak and P. Diddy would be at a wireless show, you know, talking about sharing wirelessly and communicating by phone cams? Nobody would have thought that, okay? Then, you know, two weeks later, another one of our executives was on stage at a show called TED, which is Technology, Entertainment, and Design. And they were... Um, Doing and that's a place where just the you know it's a totally uh, high level digerati deal makers of Hollywood all get together and, the, and it's a very kind of exclusive conference and they get together and Kodak was there got invited in by the conference organizer to demonstrate the EasyShare One wireless camera because they'd seen the camera at CES. Um, we did celebrity seatings at the Oscars because. Um, the, the celebrities contacted Ketchum because they'd seen our printer dock when we launched the printer dock. And so Haley Berry, Orlando Bloom, Leonardo DiCaprio, and I think it was Scarlett Johansson. That's all a nice call up. up. 
um, catch them. This is all like random call-ins to catch them through the Ketchup Entertainment Marketing Group. And Hollywood had called up and said, I saw your printer doc. Can you guys get me that? So we did. We were like, hmm. So that led to seating in the celebrity gift bags in the Oscars. And that took on a whole life of its own. And then this year you might have seen we did a, a promotion with the Quiat Diamonds and, and the um, little cameras had, you know, a whole gift bag thing that took on a huge life of its own there. So it sort of spiraled into this year's Oscars thing. Um, we did a European event in Nice, France, where it was uh, very hands-on with um, 80 pan-European journalists because they had never – it was kind of a takeoff on the the one galleries in New York, only it was in Nice, and it was a outing where they got to go and use the cameras for a day in a variety of settings and then print them. There was a printing station thing set up there. Very hands-on experience for the 80 you know, most important top-tier journalists across Europe. And then there was an activity at the Cannes Film Festival. And then there was a, a 30th anniversary of the digital camera in Asia. And then there was something in Germany. And then there was a... a now, did you have to attend all these? Did we what? Did I have to attend? I don't know. I only could attend <laughs> some. I didn't go to every single one. I was going to say, that's a lot of travel Simultaneously. <laughs> but in a very short amount of time, we did wow. partnerships with T-Mobile so that we could really kick off the... Um, you know, the advancement of EasyShare One was all about, you know, being being wireless. You could go anywhere and email people anywhere. So that was a partnership with T-Mobile and their hotspots. But this was like to really pay that off, you could, you know, take journalists and consumers to field trips to T-Mobile hotspots, including Starbucks, to experience the future of, you know, sharing digital pictures wirelessly. So in addition to doing that with journalists, you know, we did that with a lot of other people, influencers, photographers, you know, et cetera, all these different groups. But that happened all over the world, and, you know, and not just in Starbucks. It happened to every place where there's, you know, T-Mobile hotspots and in Europe. Yeah, a lot of airports, hotels. Yeah, all kinds of, you know. <laughs> so that was happening. You know, then we decided, okay, we're heading into holiday, and we owned the holiday. So the U.S. team just drove leading print and broadcast outlets for holiday coverage, delivering the innovation message. And they they really went hard on that one. And then, of course, we had the one galleries in San Francisco and New York. And then, you know, those led into a whole series of things. That was a whole initiative in and of itself. So all in all, globally, around, you know, for the year, for the brand transformation, um, I mean, there was a, a whole host of activities above and beyond what went on in the U.S. You know, there was stuff in Europe, there was stuff in Asia, there was stuff in Japan. So every region had their their whole, you know, series of activities. But when you get up above it at the 50,000-foot level, you look and you say, okay, if I rewind the tape and look at what did we accomplish at the end of all that, I mean, okay, you guys did a lot of stuff. You spent, you know, $4 million dollars. What did you get? What, what did it do for you? When we went back and looked at all the measurements, um, you know, we had um, we captured the number one share in the U.S. camera market for the second year over Canon and Sony. We had, which was 25 percent. We we strengthened market share to 25 percent. We were at the 21 percent level. We upped it to 25. Um, digital sales represented 54, almost 55 percent of revenue in 2005, which marked the first time in, in ever that the digital revenue crossed the traditional revenue line. So we made more from digital products than we did from traditional products ever. That that line crossed in 2005. Um, so that was huge for us, you know. Um, and, you know, the surveys of the people who went through the gallery said that um, 80, more than 80% of those people on those survey cards felt that Kodak you know, brought years and years of their picture expertise into today's digital world because what they told us was you have all this image quality expertise, all, you know, all the reasons why you made film pictures great, I believe you can make digital pictures great. Cause it's and the I same, think it's showing. <laughs> it's the same color management. It's the same image quality. It's the same. Everything that makes a picture great is what, you know, Kodak still does. So yeah, That's cool. You know, same sensor, it's sensors, it's all that stuff. So, you know, Kodak had proven what the naysayers had doubted, that it's a credible player in the digital revolution. And so 
Um, one of the things that was like one of the best moments for me was PR Week called, and they said, you know, we're naming Kodak as one of the top five brands that raised the bar in 2005. And I just thought that was great, you know, for the team. Our team had worked really hard last year, and we got recognized by, you know, our industry pub, and that felt good, you know, after all the hard yeah. work and all the globe trotting and all the stupid planes Absolutely. that never go on time and that's, all that's the a wonderful accolade. And all. Yeah, it is. Well, hey, it looks like we've rounded out our, our hour here, Aaron, and you know, the shame of it is that you have so much expertise and experience to show from your from your case studies that you that you've shared with us thus far, and and uh, hopefully we'll have you back as the new Silver Anvil Award winner on the show. Oh next well, week. Nick, it was my pleasure. I appreciate the time. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very, very much, and I uh, look forward to speaking to you again, and, and I'm sure that if Brandy was here, she would invite you back, so I'm going to go ahead and extend an invitation that if it's not next week, which I think you've got a really, really strong opportunity for that, that uh, we, we definitely have to have you back again. And Anytime, sure Brandy my pleasure. All right. Hey, thank you very much, and we will close now. We just enjoyed an opportunity to visit with Aaron M. Foster of the Eastman Kodak Company, who's the director of their Consumer Digital Imaging Group, and uh, just a wealth of information. So be sure to listen to this broadcast again and share it with all your friends and look forward to speaking to you all again on webmasterradio.fm. Thank you, Aaron.